the story of psychology. Based on the work of Dr. C. George Bore. Part 1. The Ancients. so-called psyche, or butterfly, is generated from caterpillars which grow on green leaves. At first, it is less than a grain of millet. It then grows into a small grub, and in three days, it is a tiny caterpillar. After this, it grows on and on and becomes quiescent and changes shape, and it is now called a chrysalis. The outer shell is hard, and the chrysalis moves if you touch it. It attaches itself by cobweb-like filaments and is unfurnished with mouth or any other apparent organ. After a little while, the outer covering bursts asunder and out flies the winged creature that we call psyche, or butterfly. From Aristotle's History of Animals, 551 B.C. The Story of Psyche and Eros Psyche was one of three sisters, princesses in a Grecian kingdom. All three were beautiful, but Psyche was the most beautiful. Aphrodite, the goddess of love and beauty, heard about Psyche and her sisters, and was jealous of all of the attention that people paid to Psyche. So she summoned her son, Eros, and told him to put a spell on Psyche. Always obedient, Eros flew down to earth with two vials of potions. Invisible, he sprinkled the sleeping Psyche with a potion that would make men avoid her when it came to marriage. Accidentally, he pricked her with one of his arrows, which makes someone fall in love instantly, and she startled awake. Her beauty, in turn, startled Eros, and he accidentally pricked himself as well. Feeling bad about what he had done, he then sprinkled her with the other potion, which would provide her with joy in her life. Sure enough, Psyche, although still beautiful, could find no husband. Her parents, afraid that they had offended the gods somehow, asked an oracle to reveal Psyche's future husband. The oracle said that while no man would have her, there was a creature on the top of a mountain who would marry her. Surrendering to the inevitable, Psyche headed for the mountain. When she came within sight, she was lifted by a gentle wind and carried the rest of the way. When she arrived, she saw that her new home was in fact a rich and beautiful palace. Her new husband never permitted her to see him, but he proved to be a true and gentle lover. He was, of course, Eros himself. After some time, Psyche grew lonely for her family, and she asked to be allowed to have her sisters for a visit. When her sisters saw how beautiful Psyche's new home was, they grew jealous. They went to her and told her 
not to forget that her husband was some kind of monster, and that no doubt he was only fattening her up in order to eat her. They suggested that she hide a lantern and a knife near her bed, so that next time he visited her, she could look to see if he was indeed a monster, and cut off his head if it were so. Her sisters convinced her that this was best, so the next time her husband came to visit her, Psyche had a lamp and a knife ready. When she raised the lamp, she saw that her husband was not a monster, but Eros. Surprised, he ran to the window and flew off. She jumped out after him, but fell to the ground and lay there unconscious. When she awoke, the palace had disappeared, and she found herself in a field near her old home. She went to the temple of Aphrodite and prayed for help. Aphrodite responded by giving her a series of tasks to do, tasks that Aphrodite believed the girl would be unable to accomplish. The first task was a matter of sorting a huge pile of mixed grains into separate piles. Psyche looked at the pile and despaired. But Eros secretly arranged for an army of ants to help separate the piles. Aphrodite, returning the following morning, accused Psyche of having help, as indeed she had. The next task involved getting a snippet of golden fleece from each one of a special herd of sheep that lived across a nearby river. The god of the river advised Psyche to wait until the sheep had sought shade from the midday sun. Then they would be sleepy and not attack her. When Psyche presented Aphrodite with the fleece, the goddess again accused her of having had help. The third task that Aphrodite set before Psyche was to get a cup of water from the river Styx, where it cascades down from an incredible height. Psyche thought that it was all over, until an eagle helped her by carrying the cup up the mountain and returning with it full. Aphrodite was livid, knowing full well that Psyche could never have done this alone. Psyche's next task was to go into hell and ask Persephone, the wife of Hades, for a box of magic makeup. Thinking that she was doomed, Psyche decided to end it all by jumping off of a cliff. But a voice told her not to and gave her instructions on making her way into hell to get the box. But, the voice warned, do not look inside the box under any circumstances. Well, Psyche retrieved the box from Persephone and made her way back home. But, true to her nature, Psyche was unable to restrain herself from peeking inside. To her surprise, there was nothing inside of the box except darkness which put her into a deep sleep. Eros could no longer restrain himself either, and he awakened her. He told her to bring the box to Aphrodite and that he would take care of the rest. Eros went to the heavens 
and asked Zeus to intervene. He spoke of his love for Psyche so eloquently that Zeus was moved to grant him his wish. Eros brought Psyche to Zeus, who gave her the cup of ambrosia, the drink of immortality. Zeus then joined Psyche and Eros in eternal marriage. Later, Psyche and Eros had a daughter who would be named Pleasure. The Greek name for butterfly is Psyche, and the same word means soul. There is no illustration of the immortality of the soul so striking and beautiful as the butterfly. Bursting on brilliant wings from the tomb in which it has lain after a dull, groveling, caterpillar existence, to flutter in the blaze of day and to feed on the most fragrant and delicate productions of spring. Psyche, then, is the human soul, which is purified by sufferings and misfortune, and is thus prepared for the enjoyment of true and pure happiness. From Bullfinch's Mythology, The Age of Fable, Chapter 11.